Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, back to Stani and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back to Steiny and Guru. Larry Kruger sitting in for Steiny, taking a bunch of good calls, but we're going to pivot and hit the Boxer and Gerson guest line for the four-time All-Pro, the former Lion, the former Virginia Cavalier, the great Herman Moore is with us. Herman, thanks for the time. Absolute pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure, and man, we enjoyed watching you. What do you think when you watch Amon Ra? I mean, he, I know he's motivated because he didn't make the Pro Bowl, but I think he's one of the one of the best receivers in the league. And and him and Golf are absolutely on the same page. You know, when I look at him, I look at a very disciplined young man. I look at a very disciplined receiver, and, and despite the fact that he was overlooked uh, by other teams. He ended up where exactly he was supposed to be because that's why he's producing. And I always tell people, you know, sometimes you, you things happen for a reason. And for him, uh, this has kind of turned into probably the best scenario that I, I'm sure he could have imagined himself being in after such a, an early career and getting off to such a great start. When I see him, he's a smart player. Uh, he plays the, he understands. I call him the 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 uh, chain mover because you know if you're looking for someone to to get you the first down or get you great yards on first down, and has sure hands. I mean that's who he is. He's very dependable, and uh, he is definitely by far one of the, the top receivers in the NFL. Herman, you played this game right now. I mean, the Detroit Lions are the darlings of the NFL, and rightfully so. It's a great story. I didn't give, personally, the Packers a chance to come in here and give the Niners a game, and they they had a chance to win it. Where is your confidence level when you look at this, this Lion offense against this Niner D? And for the better part, how about the Lion defense against this Niner offense? Where are you at? Like, how do you see this game playing out? And I think you make some excellent points because that's where it, it kind of becomes a a solid matchup when you talk about the two offenses. you got two of the top offenses in the NFL. They both have excellent running games. They have quarterbacks who are, are patient in the pocket. They know how to find their receivers. They don't make too many mistakes. 
but then where the disconnect happens and you start to see it shift slightly towards uh, San Fran side is when you look at their defense versus uh, the offense versus the Lions defense versus San Fran's offense. There, there's a little bit of a fall off. The Detroit Lions offense has had some struggles, uh, but they play very well in spots. And it's going to come down to them just eliminating big plays, uh, making sure that they are in position to make this game uh, come down to you know being stretched out. It can't get into a shootout because I think San Fran's defense is going to be able to hold uh, Lions' offense at bay a little bit easier uh, than the Lions' offense will be able to hold the, the San Francisco's uh, offense at bay. But you know you're down potentially one big playmaker in Samuel uh, that could be a difference maker uh, in this game and neutralize that a little bit more for the Lions' defense. But Overall, that is the biggest concern I see coming into this game is really how does this defense stack up against the offense of San Francisco. Um, Jameer Gibbs, man, I love Jameer Gibbs. Dalton High School in Georgia, and just uh, you know, start to G Tech, transfers to Bama, and just everything you want in a running back receiver. I mean, he's a mismatch in the passing game. He's got soft hands. He's a slasher. He's got you know two step acceleration. Uh, he's getting better. It seems like Herman as the season goes on. One thing I, I want your your listeners and people who haven't followed this team maybe as closely until they got on the radar with Jameer Gibbs. He has he has explosiveness. He runs downhill. You know, he combined with David Montgomery being downhill runners mean they're not going to have a lot of yards for loss, hardly ever. And then you're playing behind one of the best offensive line, if not you know top three in the NFL, um, that allows him to use his size as a back. And if he's hard to tackle one on one, he's he's almost impossible for linebackers to take on one on one in open space. And even with that, I mean, he's just a a, a back that no one really saw coming. And I know when he was picked, uh, there were some people questioning whether or not the Lions had made the right decision. But uh, the, the scouting report came back correct and said that this was a player that many were probably not looking at as tightly as the Lions were, and, and they snatched him up at the right time. Uh, big, big Runs bigger than, than even what he's seen sometimes. And so that's one thing that I think catches the defensive uh, defenders off, off guard a little bit. Herman, let me ask you this, because my partner and I go back and forth. I, I, you know, I didn't play pro ball like you, so I think every coach in sports is like Denzel and remember the Titans, you know, giving that speech and yelling. <laughs> but, you know, everybody laughed at Dan Campbell at that press conference, and look where he's at now. And to me, I think a lot of being a good NFL NFL football coaches is not the X's and O's, but having the guys, getting them to feel like they want to run through a brick wall. Can you talk to how much of that is real or like Kyle Shanahan, a great coach, but he's more reserved, it seems to me. But Dan Campbell, it just seems like if you have that type of coach wearing his heart on his sleeve, that can take you places. So when you look back at really what has been tradition, tradition typically gets disrupted because someone does something different. By bringing in a guy like Dan Campbell, who, former player, he's, he's been in offensive systems. He's been underneath uh, some, some more popular and well-known OCs. But when you are able, you don't understand unless you, you've been in a locker room, unless uh, someone understands the relationship and bond that needs to be established between coach and players. And it does not mean the coaches, it's be all, end all, my way or the highway. We used to hear that all the time. Well, Dan Campbell's not a my way or the highway. It's a, hey, let's get in the car together and let's take a drive and let's get to the destination together. And when he brings in that mentality, he softens all the stuff that is plagued, in my opinion, 
a lot of these traditional coaches who think that, you know, they know it all, but you don't. You got to understand the other side of it, just like we're forced to understand the coaching side and that they have the authority. But when you can humble yourself and you can come down to, to the level of the players and say, we're together, we're all at the same plane, that's what Dan Campbell has done. And then what is the support of that? He has other assistant coaches who have played in the NFL and they've had some experience that are in certain key position uh, units that then allow that same message to continue to be pushed and that narrative to be written. And then now all of a sudden you have culture and you have a locker room that believes and understands how you win together, how you lose together, and also how you handle conflict resolution, which is the biggest thing that we see in the NFL sometimes when it comes to coaches, how they manage the disconnect when things go wrong with players. Herm, you got a whole second career going here, huh? We we should tell people check out <laughs> Herman's unique hand-drawn blankets and other products at hermanlow.com. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so that's been a, a real passion project. I worked on it for two years. I got with a local artist here by the name of Larry Dodge, and phenomenal illustrator, phenomenal artist. And my goal was to, to get some depiction and get some caricatures put together about my career uh, through my, my tenure, and then also bringing in a, a guy who's been a, a great mentor and a friend of mine, Lomas Brown. So I wanted him to incorporate Lomas into this project of mine. And it's called Herm, H-E-R-M, and low.com and if they go there they can see all 32 teams that are represented uh with the lions always being the, the fan favorite in it uh but it's just a way of telling stories about our career so that's where it is and so i'm doing that and i'm also doing a lot with uh player issue uh memorabilia at herm hermanmore84.com this is just for my own personal collection not my personal like pro bowl jerseys and stuff but card companies and things i've collected along the way that just sit in a box. I want to make sure I share those with the fans, and it also goes to support my foundation. That's awesome stuff, Herm. I, I know social media wasn't around when you played, and you know I advise anybody to stay off it because it's toxic. <laughs> I tell my partner all the time. But the reality is, when you talk about a guy like Brock Purdy, who was mystery relevant, and I'm being real with you, Herman, I don't know where I'm at with him, but I know he's da- he's been damn near pitcher perfect uh, running this machine, which is the Niner offense. But when I hear people say he's the product of a system and kind Kind of not give them credit for the wins, you know, operating that system. I'm like, what are we doing here? Can you walk us through your just how and what you think of Brock Purdy uh, thus far as the Niner quarterback? Well, Brock Purdy is a, a player that gives you uh, hope if you're an NFL player that doesn't have that high stature, that is not coming out of college in, in everyone's draft board. And, and you're being sought after. But when the opportunity arises, you take advantage of it and you do what everyone hopes that when they put you on the roster is that you're not just taking a space, but you're actually providing value. And with that, yes, you can be a product of the system. I, I think there's some, some validity to that, but I think also it takes the player to make the system work. So they work hand in hand. Um, you, when, when things don't work, you're not going to say, hey, we lost this season because the system didn't work. You go, hey, we won or we lost because of also players and their execution of that. Uh, and it brings it back full circle. You have to have so many things going right. You have to have the right player who can implement and has the skill set. You have to have the right chemistry. You have to dial up the plays at the right time. That player sometimes is given liberty to make his own decisions that make or break a play. So I think they're, you know, let's give him credit. Let's give him credit for making uh, use of the opportunity and putting himself in a position where 
if if you don't want him there, I guarantee you there's a lot of teams in the NFL that will take him as is. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Um I'm, I, I hope Debo's going to go because I want to see uh, the C.J. Gardner-Johnson-Debo <laughs> clash. Uh, Gardner-Johnson you know, tore the pack in Week 2, uh, missed a big portion of the season. To me, Herm, it's not accidental that Detroit has risen up and Philly's fallen back, and you know Gardner-Johnson was an eagle and is now a lion. I mean, he is an absolute underrated star. Uh, do you know what the genesis is of his beef? With Debo because he just he obviously doesn't like Debo and uh, Debo's got a bad shoulder and something tells me if Debo plays CJ Gardner Johnson's going to make that shoulder worse. You know with CJ and with Debo it, it becomes that that class that that traditional class of wide receiver defensive back we talk smack all the time. I, if I I'm not going to be a hypocrite and sit here and say listen I didn't talk smack. I, sometimes I didn't even know players. I wanted to just start talking just because because it made me feel just in the game uh but ultimately it comes out of this you can talk all you want and uh cj can say what he wants if, if debo's ready to go he's gonna be ready to go but you can't bring the excuses you can't bring okay i was i was injured here uh or i'm rec- returning from an injury when you're out there all that goes away because you have a task to do and you have a job to do and a responsibility um so i, I think it's all good for for media don't know the source of it other than one plays opposite of the other <laughs> and typically that's going to arise whether it's there in the beginning or not um all it takes to to quiet that go make a play that that's what it boils down to go make a play wow herman let me let me ask you this about jared goff because he is from the bay area and i know it's about his team in the detroit lions but i don't know if you've had this opportunity but what would it mean for him to get traded from a team like the Rams, who he's taken to a Super Bowl, they didn't win it, to come back and beat the team to go to the Super Bowl, like you think that's added pressure? Like, how does he compartmentalize that that aspect of this game? Jared Goff, for those uh, have kind of watched his journey as he left the Rams, he came here with the big trade with Stafford, and watching Stafford go through. I said this on another interview that. You know, the the pressure was how do you perform when you see a guy that you get traded for go on to the Super Bowl at your from a team you got traded for. The pressure doesn't get any higher and then you're on a team that is is it has a losing season the first year. It comes back and finishes strong um the the second season near the end and then now it's all come together and you're sitting one game away from the Super Bowl. The pressure's gone. The the man is focused and for those uh, and I'm, I'm speaking on his behalf as an alum who's watched this young man go through it. He's commanded the locker room. He's become the leader. Uh, the, the, he's not thinking about the pressure, and if he had it, it has dissipated. And now he is focused on one thing, and that's winning the championship. It's not about erasing the playoff wins that the Lions haven't had in so many years. That's been put to rest. And now uh, he's in command of this team in this city right now. What's the key factor? I know Jonah Jackson's not going to play uh, the left guard. He's out. Ragnow's a great player, but he's dinged up at center. Niners have Armstead and, and Hargrave inside. Can you think the Lions can protect uh, you know those inside gaps against the Niner D line? And if if that's not the key factor, what do you think is the key, the key factor? I think is the Lions have had have done a really good job of bringing in substitute you know substituting players or bringing in guys when when you get players down. Of course. You start losing key players like Ragnar, or you lose someone like Jackson, um, then 
it, it becomes a little bit tougher, obviously, because you know, that those are your starters for a reason. However, uh, I think the scheme in the system here has to be to try and figure out a way to get the ball out quickly. It's got to be a way to not allow uh, the outside pre- pressure to you know, close down the pocket and make Jared Goff become just a sitting duck. I mean, he's got to be able to move and reestablish the pocket at time. That hasn't been necessarily a, a big strength. Uh, we've seen how he has, he has responded with, uh, you know, pocket pressure, and that's not where his stats really shine. They shine when he has rhythm and he has time to, to get the ball off. So that's, that's what I see as being the disruption for this game. That's going to be key uh, for them offensively is, is, I think, really using that, that, that two-man running game to really soften up um, uh, what hopefully they can find some soft spots in there. But, I mean, the linebacking core for San Francisco is tight. The ends are tough to get around. And so they're going to have to make their way. It's going to be a fight. Uh, but ultimately, uh, that's why I'm a little concerned if, you know, if they bring the pressure, that's going to make it really difficult for Detroit uh, to really get into the rhythm of their offense. And if they have to go more one-sided or predictable, then the game could get away from them. Once again, people, check out Herman's unique hand-drawn blankets and other products at hermandlow.com. Good luck with that, Herm. Appreciate your time, Thanks. man. Have a great week. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Herman Herman Moore, all-time Lions uh, wide receiver, four-time All-Pro. Tall receiver, too. Yeah, yeah, hell of a player. Hell of a player. First-round pick uh, from Danville, Virginia. Played for UVA and then played uh, for the Lions and the Giants in the NFL. Yeah. I think he hits on something, though, with, with golf. Uh, Man. You know, Gua, as far as you look at... If you look at the Lions this year, okay, so they when you look at the games that they lost... Uh, they lost to Seattle in overtime. Seattle sacked them twice. Uh, you look at Baltimore. Uh, they lost to Baltimore 38-6. to Baltimore had five sacks in that game. Yeah, that was ugly. They lost to Green Bay 29-22. Green Bay had three sacks in that game. They lost to the Bears 28-13. Yikes. The Bears had four sacks in that game. They lost to Dallas by one. We know uh, Campbell went for, for two. Um, and or went for it on what fourth and seven? Yeah, Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah. And um, uh, you know, so from the seven yard line, but Dallas had a sack that day. So, and they picked him off twice. So it's like you got to get pressure in the face of Goff. You got to hit him. You got to sack him. If you do, he's going to throw you some. And that's basically the way to beat him. If if he gets to stand back there like a statue, untouched. Oh man. He's gonna throw. He's gonna find Laporta. Yeah, Laporta's one of the For great chunk plays, Larry. Yeah. They got it. They ain't dink and dunk over in Detroit, right? And then Laporta's a star receiver. I mean, he was a great receiver in high school, great receiver in college. He's been great. They signed Zach Ertz. Yeah, I saw um, that. And, so they, and got, they throw it to Gibbs and Montgomery out of the backfield, too. Right. You know, Green Bay didn't do They kind of got away from the run, Green Bay. I don't know why. I just felt that way. But, uh, I mean, the Niners are going to have to bring it. And I'll say this about uh, the Niners offense. I know Styles make fights, Larry, but Baker Mayfield, say what you want. Almost had 400 yards passing, uh, you know, hitting Mike Evans and company against that Detroit Lions team. So they know what they're going up against. You mentioned uh, Glenn. I remember him at Te- Texas A&M, Texas right? Texas A&M, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but this is going to be a great game. Are you shocked that uh, Jared Goff has got back to these heights? Because I'm going to say this. I think he was the scapegoat, and I'm not saying I thought it was the wrong decision when the Rams decided, you know what, we lost the Super Bowl, which I believe was tied with New England 3-3 and a half. Yeah, 13-3 I think was the final. Normally when a guy like that gets ousted, they don't get that get back, as we say, revenge. But he goes to Detroit. 
at one nothing in a long time. I think of Wayne Fonz, and now all of a sudden he's back here one game in his hometown or his home city, uh, you know, the area. To get back to the Super Bowl. Well, I just think they surrounded him with the right... First of all, Brad Holmes drafted him in L.A., so he's the GM now in Detroit. So he had a guy believing him. All right. Then I think, you know, a lot of the things... You know, Jared Goff's a nice kid from Marin Catholic and, you know, um, grew up in Marin and probably a Niner fan. And, you know, there's... I don't know if he's the most intense guy of all time. Uh, And Dan Campbell probably is a perfect blend for him, right? And then when, then he goes into this offense, they surround him with Penesul and Taylor Decker. I mean, a, a great, you know, a a quarterback's best friend is a is a great tackle combination. Yeah, Sewell is a is a once in a lifetime kind of offensive lineman. He's a he's probably the best right tackle in pro football. Uh, he's a former Oregon Duck. He's he's Isaac Sopawaga. If you're a Niner fan, remember big Isaac Sopawaga. He's Isaac Sopawaga's nephew. Won the Outland Trophy at Oregon. Was like the first freshman to start there and like his first game in like 20 years. And he's just everything you want. Elite feet. Super tough, 6'6", 330, great movement, Man. great toughness, um, you know, violent, violent at the second level. So, I mean, he's he's great. I mean, he is great. So you got great tackles, and then they, they've now systematically went through the draft. They added Laporta, and they've got Amon Ra. You got nice weapons around him. You're protecting with a good line. You run the heck out of the football. You know, they're doing some good things. I mean, I, I'll say this. Brad Holmes, behind almost every great team, and there's some great young GM. Brad Holmes is one of the great young GMs in the game. Worked under Charlie Army with the Rams and Les Snead. And then, you know, Cooper Cup shows up. And, you know, Aaron Donald okay. and all these guys. Right. And then he comes to Detroit. And, man, between Laporta, Gibbs, Ragnow, Amon Ra, Aiden Hutchinson, Brian Branch. Players. You know, I mean, uh, signing Chauncey Gardner. Johnson. I mean, you know, they've got a they've got a good talent, ta- you know, good core of talent. I would say Detroit has eight or nine of the very best players in the entire league. Wow! So that's it's no so no shocker they won the division and went not, twelve and five. Not an accident, but they are weak in the secondary. So like Brandon Ayuk. It's got to have more than three catches. The Niners have to be able to they pick on those corners. They didn't take a shot downfield with Ayuk or anybody for that matter. Like that guy's an all pro. Wet, but damn. Yeah, I mean I, that that to me was a little bit of a surprise that Ayuk, you know, had three touches. Um, but you know, it was it was it, it was a weird game the other night. How mu- how much of that was rust? You know, the Niners just they offensive football. To their credit, they haven't used that. Yeah, no, they yeah. don't. They're to not their gonna, credit, they're not going to you know make yeah. excuses. But you know, it's like when you have three weeks off. Essentially, that's what they had. You benefit, I think, on the defensive side because defensive football think. is about chasing things down and effort and accountability and energy, and they got Armstead some rest and Greenlaw some rest. Okay, so I think they maybe benefited there. But offensively, you know, Steve Young said it. He's like, hey, you know what? This is not ideal. And it's going to, you know, the offense is going to be rusty. And the offense looked terrible. I mean, the, I mean oh, they had seven points at home at halftime. Seven points. Like who can? Re- I mean, man, he said terrible. Like that—that's what it was. And then that drive after halftime, that was the one where I like, you know what? They'll regroup, and it was three and out. I was like, oh boy, and it kept getting darker and darker. I'm at the house watching, and then they come back from commercial, and the rain looks like it's getting stronger. Just hard to to navigate. 
But they uh, they figured a way out. Now they host this game. But I'll tell you what, uh, Steiny and I go back and forth, Larry, because I always think about again. I didn't play college ball, but I just Denzel. I remember the Titans or or Newt Rockney and what you hear about those speeches. Uh, every coach is different. They're not a rah rah guy. But I said one of one of the things I give Kyle credit for. He's not uh, Mike Ditka, but he leads. Whatever he does, they respect him by their play and their effort and their physicality. But Dan Campbell, for Herman to say, it's not just my way or the highway, I think that's how you operate and navigate in today's air with today's athlete. And that, 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 that's a hell of a way to go because that's how I think. I don't think Griffin guy from Milwaukee, I think I know we got to go. He was trying to do it my way and he didn't even last for, you know, you were 30 and 13 and you got ousted. Is there bad beef in the Ninerland as far as Uh-oh. Brock Purdy and Ray Ray McLeod? Wow. That's one point I want to hit next. Let's and of course, we'll go back to the phone calls if you want to jump in. 888-957-9570. Big playoff game for the 49ers on Sunday. They win this thing. They're going to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl against the AFC champion. They lose this thing. Who's going to get the lion's share of the blame? I don't want to think negatively, but we'll throw we'll, we'll throw it around a little bit. If the Niners somehow lose to the Lions, is it predicated on how they lose, or is the blame coming right down on Kyle Shanahan no matter what? Will Brock Purdy be blamed heavily? Will Wilkes be the fall guy? Um, how, what happens if the Niners lose? And is it possible that there's even though in the midst of this great season that? Maybe Brock Purdy and uh, and Ray Ray McLeod have legitimate beef. We'll talk about that next. There are indications of such beef. Larry Kruger sitting in for Steiny on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Larry Kruger sitting in for Steiny on 95.7 The Game with Guru. A reminder that you can catch all four hours of Steiny and Guru on the free Odyssey app. Steiner! Plus, watch us on YouTube and Twitch, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Um, all right, we, uh, we've taken some phone calls. We talked to Herman Moore. We've been talking a lot of Niners. We'll get into some Warriors uh, before we get out of here. And, of course, uh, Willard and Dibbs will jump in at uh, 2 o'clock. And uh, they've got a hell of a show this afternoon with Steve Kerr stopping by. You don't want to miss that. Well, that's coming up later on today on 95.7 The Game. Um, you just showed me something that blew my mind. What's that? A reaction from Kyle Shanahan after said play. Right. And I saw a reaction, and I've seen reactions from him in the past over the years. Jimmy Garoppolo maybe going the wrong place with the ball. But what I just saw on your phone, that was the most animated. If you can explain to the people, Larry, what the play, what happened on the play, but him bending over and just throwing down his whatever he has, he was hot. He was hot. So it was a third and ten play, and Brock threw a pass that went inside. It was a deep ball to Ray Ray McLeod, and Ray Ray deviated from the route. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And went outside towards the sideline, and the ball was thrown inside, and he had to dive back at the last second to uh, to, to even get his finger yeah. on the ball. The ball fell incomplete. Kyle Shanahan lost his s. You don't see Kyle Shanahan yeah, I jumping up and yeah. down. He's he literally leaves the earth and is jumping up and down. He's motioning with his arms. He was po'd that Ray Ray wrong. It was a big play. It was third and ten, and then they did a close up of Brock, and Brock's like, "What he are did, you doing?" That did cut man. Okay, so that's that, and then. Ryan Clark's whole criticism of Brock Purdy um, was on. I'm was taking on him out of the category with Lamar, right? Yeah, right. to paraphrase. And Ray Ray was one of the people that liked it. You can't it do that, Ray. On Ray. social media, yeah, that's Dallas Cowboys stuff. Who are at home wishing they were the Niners? But that I'm shocked good. Ray Ray did that. Yeah, that's not good. So will you will you bring that up with Ray Ray tomorrow when you go in the locker room this week, or is that the type of stuff, Larry? Because I know you got to navigate. Yeah, but well, you got to pick your battles for sure. But you know, Ray Ray and I have a good a good dialogue going. Um, so. You know, Somebody's gonna say, "Hey I'm Ray, why have, did you do that?" Right? I'm gonna have to ask him about that. Okay, Maybe, right. I'm, on, I'm not sure if I'll ask him about it with the open mic. Okay, gotcha. I might give him the respect the of just being like, "Hey yeah. man, did I see that right? Did you like that? Did you?" What's going on there? Can you can you give me some fill me in on that? Um, and maybe I'll report back what he said as okay. opposed to, you know, if I was really hardcore, I would just sit there with my mic and just go right up to him and excuse me, what you know, if this were Boston, New York, Philly, yeah, look at you, I mean, I, I, right in his face, Ray Ray, you know, how could you throw your quarterback under the bus? Go, you know, I don't know if I'll be that hard hitting, but I do would like a little bit of an answer to, dude, you're but Purdy you're got liking. after him, no, Purdy got after him, per, and then on the sideline. They showed Ray Ray in an animated thing explaining it to Brock, and you could see Brock sitting there talking about it. So obviously they have talked about it. Um, and don't hit me on socials. But, but yeah, you know the fact that the fact that you could see Brock really angry and animated, going, "What are you doing?" And, and then the frustration of how that game was playing out had something to do, I believe, with Kyle too. Yeah, like you know, it's not just this play; it is, but it's everything that's. Going going on right now because this ain't right well and you know if you get close enough to any team baseball basketball football hockey doesn't matter you see you're going it's not all hunky-dory you know it's not like everybody's sitting there kumbaya you know it's there's there's you know a lot of moments well you get some type a personalities Uh they're all in the same room there's a lot of pressure the cameras the expectations but you saw that clearly brock probably see it looked like 
that Brock knew the route that Ray Ray was supposed to run, put it on the hands. Ray Ray run, ran the wrong route, and Shanahan lost his S yeah. watching it on the sideline. And then maybe Ray Ray went to his locker and and liked that after the game or whatever. I mean, I don't know when Clark put that out. Uh, on Monday, the, Monday morning, so yeah, after so, the game. So maybe he, yeah. you know. But that's not good. I, I'll say that that's not good. I don't know that that's going to be the ruination of this of the of their culture or their locker room vibe, or it's going to have any impact on the game Sunday, but it ain't good. It I'll ain't tell good. you what what is good and uh, what's not good, and an exercise Steiny and I have done ad nauseum on this show, Larry, and we've talked um, to a degree about just how loaded the Niners are in their weaponry and who's the most important, and, you know, it's just fun exercise. Right. And for the most part, uh, up into the three-game losing streak, Christian McCaffrey was it for me. And I, I don't take that back. It's what I saw. It's what I thought he meant. And he still means a lot. But when they lost those three games, I, I had the initial thought of, I underestimated Debo. Larry, I think we did a show last year, and I was telling you, know, if somebody was expendable, you know, it was downtime, maybe it's Debo. That's how loaded they are. You know, Ayuk's come of age. But at the end of the day, I've realized pre-snap what Debo has meant. And that three-game losing streak, um, or two and a half games without Debo, and I know Trent was out, that let me know that that meant something to Brock Purdy. So I'll ask you, but I feel like the person we need to ask is Brock Purdy because his play suffers the most when when Debo was not there, and I just can't believe we're on, you know, five days away from the most important game of the season because it is. And if Debo is not there, the impact, not that that'll just have on the team, but, and I know Brock probably won't speak to this, and he'll say everybody is just as important, but man, Larry, I believe if I'm an opposing defense like Detroit, my God, if there's one person and it's not there, we don't have to worry about the jet suite or, the, or Debo in motion. Now we could just hone in on trying to take McCaffrey away, that is a big-ass deal. Yeah, you have to have Debo out there. Now, here's the other question. What the heck's the injury? It, you know, they, at first wow. they reported it as a concussion. Then they reported it as the shoulder. It's it, Kyle told us yesterday in the conference call at 3.30 in the afternoon that it's not broken. So he fractured the shoulder in the Cleveland game and missed two now, okay, games after right. that. that was it was fractured. a hairline okay. fracture of the, sh- of the shoulder. Kyle said yesterday it's not fractured. He wasn't moving around like it was dislocated. So, you know, you know that look yeah, where yeah. guys like, oh, man, it's hanging. You know, you're yeah. hanging or, yeah. you know, your arm's in a brace or, you, you know, you, they're, it's incredibly painful. So what's the injury? If it's not dislocated and it's not fractured, what is it? Is it a bruise? And then and a lot of people would say, well, if it's a bruised shoulder, then why is he why is he coming out of the game? You know, he can't play with a bruised shoulder. I mean, Jerry Rice played the second half of the Super Bowl with a dislocated shoulder. Man. Uh, and caught a, caught a touchdown with a dislocated shoulder and rolled over on his other shoulder. So, I remember Emmitt Smith against the Giants in a game Emmett years Smith, ago. Yeah, he had the dislocated shoulder. Ricky Jackson in the 94 NFC title game popped Emmitt on, that, on, on his shoulder, oh. and Emmitt still stayed in the game and, and played with it. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who want to know, what's the status of Debo? Kyle said, we'll know more on Wednesday. That's 
that's tomorrow out at practice, and we'll find out. But so is it a range of motion? Injury? You think you got me thinking? Now. I don't know. I mean, is it a sprained shoulder? Is it? It's not a dislocated shoulder. It's not a fractured shoulder. So what are we talking about? Can you play with it? Can you not play with it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what the answer is. Um, obviously, it brought him. A, he he said he was obviously in a lot of pain. Had to come out of the game. I'm never going to question an NFL player's toughness as I'm right. sitting Especially here, especially Debo, uh, yeah. with you know my stocking feet Link and my, my sweats, yeah. drinking <laughs> a you know soda and popping chips into my fat pie hole. And I'm going to sit here. They're not tough. Uh, this you. guy's not tough. You know, th- is there yeah. anything more tired no. than like I fans or time. media I'm, people I, going? I do it all the I time. I question his toughness. I you know, my as, you're, as you're sitting yeah. there. And you're snuggy. That's pretty good. <laughs> in the warmth, of, in the 72 degrees of your home. I'll tell you this, though, Larry. It was a playoff game, and I did yesterday's show with the great FP. And tell me if this is fair foul. And he, he said it from, from his heart. He, he said, with the stakes this high, just on a personal level, if Debo were not to play, and he understands he's hurt or what's ailing him, his opinion of Debo, just as a fan, would change if he if he couldn't be on the field. And that hit me like a bag of bricks, like, damn. But now that you got me thinking, hey, Goo, what is the injury? Is this just a pain tolerance issue if it's not a fracture? Because a fracture, you'd be like, okay, we get it. But, Larry, now you got me thinking just from the – the view, the vantage point of pressure from not just the fans of all the guys that have played this game. Like, dude, you gotta, and we know you give it your all when you're out there, but to maybe miss this game and it not be a fracture. Oh Lord, the medicals need to do a spin on me. Give us something as in regard to a diagnosis to where it's not just I couldn't take the pain. Yeah. I know, I know, Man. and you got you're in the same locker room with Dre Greenlaw, Man. who's taking Tordal shots and and uh, you know playing with like five different injuries and Achilles pain, and and he said it on the podium. He said it to me last Friday at his locker. He's like, "They ain't nobody taking me out of that game." I'm like, "I don't know what Dre's uh, exact physical status is, but he's playing. Man. He's going uh, for sure." So yeah, I mean, this is a league where Jack Youngbud played with a broken leg. This is a league where Philip Rivers uh, played with a torn ACL. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, we're going to need to some clarification as far as what that injury is. But Shanahan said he's still in a lot of pain. So, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'll say this. It's a they big are deal. a lot better with Debo Samuel. And in some ways, like let's say McCaffrey's their best offensive weapon. In some ways, you know, Debo is, I mean, in that Philly game, let's, he, he, he took that, it over, man. Yeah, man. He took it over. It felt like the Ram NFC Championship game in L.A. where they uh, they lost the game. But he, he went on a run. I mean, the game to win the I mean, Debo, is a, when he's on, he's second to none, man. Yeah, and I'll say this, um, you know, just watching this Detroit defense, man, if you're not ready to get popped and if you're not man. ready, you know, if you're, you know, this, this next one ain't for the meek. That's for man. sure. Because the Lions bring it, they bring the hat. You know, they they hit like trucks. Gardner Johnson, Kirby Joseph, these guys are out for blood. This is the hardest hitting team in the league, in my opinion. Maybe the Ravens, maybe the Niners, but the Lions are absolutely hard hitting. And uh, this is going to be, you know, Kyle likes to call certain games ice ice bag yeah. games. This might be a three ice bag game. Body bag. Yeah. So yeah. Um, get him a body bag. That's from uh, and the Garner Johnson thing and Debo. My karate you kid. Let me give you a two. sweep the leg. Sweep the leg, yeah. Lawrence. Finish him. Finish him. Yeah. <laughs> 
Did you ever watch a Cobra Kai on Netflix? Yes. Dude, I've di- I did it twice. Get a life. That was good. I'm a sucker for it. Uh, seriously. Um, you know, who's your sensei? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. All right, let's go to the do we, shit, if we go, we'll go to the lines right here. Nick's in Berkeley. Nick wants Nick. to jump in on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Nick? Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, man, there's not going to be any complaining or blame because we're about to stomp these cats, man. Look. Golf has like 21 touchdowns on turf, seven on grass, okay? He passed for like 3,000 yards on turf, and he passed for like 1,200 yards on grass, okay? They're not, it's not happening for these cats on grass, man. Mm. They don't play well out. They're pretty good out the house. But let me tell you something, man. The Niners, not only were we playing in the rain and the muck, but we were also playing against the referees. I was at the game, and they showed the replays, and I'm not one to complain about referees and blame all that I was yelling in the stands, don't even trip, y'all. We're going to win this game. Believe. I kept yelling, believe, the entire game. I wasn't even worried. But to sit up there and watch replay after replay after replay, the unprofessional and, and, and inept way the referees were conducting themselves is just strictly uh, unimaginable. Like, I don't even know where they get these cats from, man. It's disgraceful, actually. And I don't even know why, how they even got, got the gig, I, honestly. You know, that being said, Debo's going to suck it up. You know what I'm saying? And I'd like to see a post set with Mason back there because Mason runs hard, too. You put Mason and Caffrey right. back there and have him, have him chip block and run out in the flash, man. We're going to eat him up, man. Shanahan got a plan. And, you know, Shanahan is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sometimes. And Mr. Hyde is trying to creep out. But in the end, Dr. Jekyll, I mean, doc, you know, doc, doctor came back and was diagnosing it. And, and we, we drove down the field and Purdy came through big time. And I'm sick of everybody complaining about about Purdy. He's way better than Jimmy Garoppolo could ever dream of being. And he's the best thing with Dash and Steve Young. So I don't care what anybody says. He's breaking records and the stats don't lie, man. Let's go, Niners. There you go. Nick and Berkeley. I like the energy. Um, I'll say this. The guys who believe the most in Purdy are the guys that know him the best. His head coach at Iowa State, Matt Campbell. Um, Trent Williams. Trent Williams. Debo. Iuke. The guys in that room. I mean, Dre Greenlaw. Their lockers are right next to each other. I mean, they, you know, if people saw how much the guys in the room believed in this guy, and it's, you know, I understand it. People say, well, what do you expect them to say? It's not what they say. It's like you're talking to a person yeah. in, that has been spent, you know, I've been in that room all year, and I, I know football players. And it's like I, 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 I don't need somebody to tell me uh, how they feel about a player directly. There's a vibe that the player gives off. And, you know, these guys, are the cameras are not everywhere. And there's down moments, and if the, if there was a bunch of guys in that room that didn't believe in Brock Purdy, uh, you would see it, you would feel it. Um, there's 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 a he's won over that room. I mean, he absolutely believe it, you know he's a guy that he's the, he's one of their leaders. He absolutely is. I don't know if he's the leader, but he's one of their leaders, and there's universal respect for him. So I don't um, uh, going back. To your point, Ryan Clark, that video, I don't know if you saw Debo, he came over the top and yeah, just put like, in this is, I mean, what does the kid got to do? And again, I'm not telling you Debo, uh, Brock Purdy is a Fran Tarkenton. Uh, my jury is still out, but he's passed a good quarterback. I mean, he's winning games, Larry, and he's won two games, two, three playoff games now uh, with that come from behind win uh, last Saturday. So, you know, the Raven game ha- had me concerned, and what I saw and I didn't expect to see Saturday, but I can't say, okay, now he's no good or he's not going to – like, 
This is why we do what we do, react to new information, and the truth will come out. And that's the beautiful thing about sports. Everything will, there's enough games to where things will play itself out. And we'll get to see him answer back after arguably his worst playoff game. You know, and, and I'll tell you, I don't know how your phone is. I'm kind of known as the guy who's backed Purdy. So every time he plays poorly, anytime he has a down moment, is just an avalanche of, of comments on my phone. He's not him. See, and sure enough, you know, third quarter, late third quarter, as he's throwing high, throwing low, and they're punting, and there's frustration <sighs> mounting. You know, I got this several texts oh, from several <laughs> tweets and uh, you know social media interactions from people. Purdy's not the guy. They need a quarterback, and it's like God, I saw it. Are we there? Are yeah. We, are we gonna? Is that where we're gonna be? See, that's the one thing that just I just yeah. I, mean, I love inter- Steiny can't anybody stand who knows I told him me. Stay off internet. I love interacting with people. I love the tweeting. I love the texting. I love the phone calls. I love it all. I love when people come up to me at the stadium, when people come up to me at the mall. I like people, and I like talking sports with people, and I never shy away from any interactions. I don't hide behind some barrier yeah. wall, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna be the sniper from the tower, and you're never gonna touch me. I like to mix it up with the people. Um, but I'll tell you, it it's nauseating when. It, everybody goes to the nuclear nuclear bomb as soon as you, the season's over. Shanahan's not it. Really? Shanahan's one of the best coaches right. in football. Purdy's not hit. They need a new quarterback. It's like it's not your birthright to win championships. That's why they have parades, you know, because it's pretty freaking special and it's pretty hard to do. So it's just, can we, can, you know, I don't know if the Niners are going to win on Sunday or if they're going to win in, in Vegas or if they're going to lose one of these next two games. But does it have to go to fire Shanahan? Does it have to go to Purdy ain't the guy? I mean, can't you know? Is there? Can we go? Can we stop short of that, or does it have to be literally all or nothing? And I, I bring this up because I've, I, I've kind of threw out the question before, and I'd love to hear from the people on the lines uh, at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. If the Niners fall short, who's taking the blame here? How are? How will the? Not. I'm not talking about the nut job uh, maniac. I'm talking about the rank and file and a 49er fan who's loyal to their team. Is it all predicated on exactly how they get bounced, and and that will determine um, you know how people react, or do you have a feeling that if the Niners fall short, you know people are going to blame the D line, Wilkes, Kaserik, Kyle. Purdy, Ray Ray. You know, I mean, who's taking the blame? Who do you think is most likely to take the overwhelming fan wrath if they fall short? I love the question. And before I I, I take it on, because I know we're up against it, Larry, what you said about social media, there is no perspective. And this is coming from a guy that's loud. It's either A or B. There's no middle ground. Sometimes there is. And then when you read it, as you scroll, you're like, whoever that guy or gal is, it's like, I just appreciate the wisdom. But everybody now is their own sports center. Everybody now that has an X account or a profile is their own news you know station so a lot of the 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 the, the uh, responses are just Good, good God, does it have to be a fastball every time, you know? But I'm an all-cap guy at times. But, Larry, I'll tell you this. You answered your own question, and it's what it's going to look like in regard to the lasting um, 
optics of the of the season. So had you asked this or asked me this question Saturday, uh, going into the fourth quarter, it was going to be Brock Purdy one, and right behind him Kyle Shanahan. I believe this. Um, storyline of do the Niners need another quarterback would have this it would it would have been all summer off season long that's where this thing was going in regard to narrative and I'll say this about Kyle Shanahan because I've come down this road I understand the greatness especially with the team I root for and what they're going through and what what heights they can't even get to I would love to have the Niners and 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 have what you guys are feeling even if you were to lose my point is, Larry, I, as a Cowboy yeah, fan, at, at what juncture is Kyle Shanahan on a personal level going to get it done? Because I know two things have come out of my mouth. One, this was the easiest track for him to get back to the Super Bowl. You got up until the defense has start struggling everything you need on both sides of the ball. Larry, I can't ignore that we said the Niners are happy hour. They're loaded. Everywhere you look, you got what you need. Bosa, Greenlaw, you know, you, you got everything. So now here we are to where it almost came crashing down on Saturday night and if Brock Purdy wouldn't have got that game winning drive, do you think I'm wrong for my answer to be I think Brock would have took the brunt of the criticism and then right behind him it would have been Kyle. Wow. Yeah. No, I think I, I you know, it's funny and it's probably largely because of the way the sports televised. We don't watch the all 22. We get a close up of the quarterback, we get a close up of the head coach. And so I think that because of those two images and and it's very powerful, uh, people see the head coach and the quarterback and the head coach and the quarterback get too much credit. And subsequently, also probably too much blame. But didn't Jimmy live this? Didn't Dak Prescott live this? Isn't Lamar living this? It's, it's just like, the way it is. Th- it's, this it's, is it's not, not just Brock Purdy. This right. is Jimmy Garoppolo. This is Niner fans have the rich history of Montana, and they got teased with Kaepernick, and that got taken off your plate for whatever reason. He vanished. He was gone. But Larry, I, I just hate that this seems like the, Brock Purdy's the only one on. This is the most important position in sports, and I get it. And I remember. I remember Shasky thinking he had found his new third baseman, a shortstop with with uh, Casey Schmidt, and then we found out okay, maybe he wasn't ready. And, and I I'm, love Casey Schmidt. Yeah, but but he started out looking like Cal Ripken, you know. Right, right. And now we're like, okay, it could still happen. So I, I just bring that up because now you kind of proceed with caution with Brock Purdy. But I don't want people to think this is a personal vendetta on Brock. I think all these quarter Mac Jones that they, they all go through it because people care and want to know if it's real. No, they want they want it bad. I mean, there's a lot of Niner fans. I mean, I, I'm I was there for Super Bowl for the Super Bowl against the Chargers, and I remember Joe Montana oh, in the '80s. But there's a lot of Niner fans that are walking around going, "Man, uh, you know, this is an iconic franchise, and I know they've won five, but I personally have never been able to enjoy it." And it's it's you know they want it bad. They want it bad. And Shanahan. You know, he's in a spot right now where, in a lot of ways, he's where Andy Reid was before Andy Reid went to Kansas City. But, I mean, is Philly better off that they chased out Andy Reid, who's going to wind up winning two or three rings, you know, in Kansas City? In a lot of ways, I think Kyle is Andy Reid uh, before he got to Kansas City. I hopefully, hopefully he Andy won't have to. Andy had four cracks at the NFC Championship I mean, and one been, Super Bowl. They, I mean, the 49ers are in the NFC Championship game, third year in a row, and fourth season Man. out of five. Man, and as a heavy. Cowboy fan you that's you guys haven't won a divisional got by the divisional round in, in since what 95 and a whole lot of other teams would 
give their right arm to have the success that the Niners have. I heard Shasky this morning say that he's more nervous right now about Purdy and where he, where he, how he's going to play going forward than he's been at any point. I thought that was kind of an interesting yeah. comment coming from Joe. And truth. All right. Uh, Baldinger weighed in on a number of things. We're going to hear from Brian Baldinger. We're also going to hear from Kyle Shanahan, uh, Dan Campbell. We're going to play some sound for you. Also, some very interesting stuff coming across on the Raiders and the Chargers. Uh, Larry Kruger sitting in for Steiny on 95.7 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.